Hey you, welcome to or welcome back to Keisha's house. I'm Keisha and as always, I'm so glad you stopped by. Now if you're new here, I'd like to take a moment to share what we do. Every week we reflect on the past week's quote and we grade the week. Then we focus on this week's quote and we use it for motivation and inspiration to set a plan for the week ahead. In the end, we discuss a few highlights from the book of the month. (sighs) Okay, so before we jump in, if you're listening each week, I know last week I struggled as I was trying to get over this cold and as you can probably tell my voice is not back 100% but as always I'm so glad to be with you okay let's jump right in last week's quote was the following relationships can be built only if you invest in people relationships can be built only if you invest in people by Katie Kavinsky. I really enjoyed this quote because I took it as I was going to focus on the week ahead by investing in other people, which to me means connection. If you haven't noticed, I'm a talker and an extrovert. So that means I tend to recharge when I'm around other people. I really enjoy the interactions and the connections. But there's something a little bit more. When you're talking about an investment, to me that seems very personal. It's not just a simple hi or bye as you're walking past someone in the hall. It's really having a conversation, one that has some meaning and depth. When you're able to not just say hello, but when you're able to expand a bit and say, hey, how are you? I know you were dealing with A, B, and C. What's the follow-up? How are you doing with that? And genuinely listening. Now, I know that doesn't always come easy for me, but you know, we gotta listen to what the other person is saying and really invest in them and in the conversation being present. You know, I kept looking up the word invest in hoping I would find a different definition, but I found that every time I looked up the word invest, it always came back to some type of monetary value. And I don't think that's what this quote is really trying to get at. Although it says to invest in people, I don't think it means just throwing money at the situation. I think it comes down to our time, our focus, our attention. I really truly believe that's what the author of this quote meant when she used the term invest in this way. It's investing our time, our energy, and our focus, especially as we live in a time when our focus is constantly, constantly being pulled in so many different directions, whether it's social media or our jobs or whatever community we're in. If we're involved in an organization, our kids, if we have kids, our families, Ah, so many different pulls 
but yet we feel as if we have to be there for everyone and for everything. And it takes time to know that, well, we have to take a step back a bit, but in those important relationships, in building relationships, when it comes to getting to know other people, it's that investment, I think, of our time. So let me give you an example. Last week, I was listening to my bishop speak, my pastor. So we have church service on Sundays and Tuesdays. And it was on my heart that the logo of the church just needed to be upgraded a bit. And I see it on our material. We do a lot of things on Zoom. And Obviously, I'm not in the state of Indiana, so being able to listen to church means I have to dial in virtually. So as we're watching and I'm seeing the logo, it just doesn't fit. It doesn't fit the service. It doesn't fit the quality of the service. It doesn't fit the message. The message is always so powerful. But the logo doesn't reflect the excellence of what is happening within the church. So it was on my heart to take the logo, send it to a designer, and I said, make this better. And I went to a designer that I've worked with in the past that I know is talented. And what they provided was a logo that was regal. And all I could think of in the description of it is wow wow and I was more excited about the fact that I was able to share this logo with my bishop and our first lady because they are individuals that are kind to the core but what I love about them is that they don't hide their feelings when they are joyful You know they are joyful. And isn't it ironic as times when we're happy, we kind of suppress our happiness? That's probably a whole nother conversation for another day. But when they're happy, you know they're happy. And when they're joyful, you know they're joyful. They are 100%. From the tip of their toes to the top of their head, they are oozing with joy and happiness. And I was more excited to share because I know that this logo was now going to be a reflection of them and it was that investment. I think of the time and the thought, the fact that I was thinking of them in their ministry. I was so excited. I had to call my husband at seven o'clock in the morning to wake him up to say, I sent you a text message. I need you to look at it. And his response is, wow, that's amazing. And when I was able to send it to them, again, I couldn't hold my excitement. I sent it to them still in draft. And their response was, wow, that is amazing. I didn't want recognition. The church didn't need to know that I was involved in the new logo. But what I got excited about was that I know two people that I genuinely care for were going to be happy. 
That is what I think the investment of time in people is. I, I know I also spoke a couple weeks ago about my husband and I decided that we were going to have our own personal conferences. So what does that mean? It means that we go to a location or we get away from the house so we're not worried about dishes and laundry. We get away from the house. We go to a hotel, preferably in a town, maybe an hour or two away, and we just focus on us and our family and our goals for our family and for our businesses. And in that time, it wasn't easy because it was our first time doing this. and We weren't sure what the rhyme or reason was and, and what was most important, what should be on the agenda. We were definitely in the developmental stage. But when we were done, we had a finished product. That is one that was actionable. But what I love the most about it, it wasn't just about future business opportunities. It was about our family. It was about our personal relationship. It was about our kids taking the time to step back and investing in our children and really diving deep as to what each child needs in this current season. Looking at each child individually and knowing that when they came home from their summer with their grandparents that we were going to have a actionable plan to support each and every one of them. Oh, building those relationships, even with our kids, it doesn't come naturally. You love them naturally. But as they grow and develop and find their own personalities, we have to build on those relationships. It's powerful stuff. And it's exciting because we're not just skimming the surface. We're diving deep. Relationships is not a word that should be taken lightly because to me, a relationship, it's one of mutual investment, mutual time. Uh, So how did you do last week? Because... This quote takes time. If I had to grade myself for this past week, I'm going to grade myself an A. Because not only was I able to invest, not only with my husband and our kids and within my church, but at work as well. Okay, last example. One of the ladies that are on my team She actually doesn't live in town. I mean, she does, but her family lives out of town. So each weekend she'll drive home. Well, when we had the opportunity to bring back telework, I immediately thought of her and I said, take Friday off, take Mondays off, have a long weekend. To me, that was an investment. It didn't cost me anything. She's still working from home, but she knew that I was able to recognize the sacrifice and the commitment that she was having to her family by going home every weekend, but allowing her to be able to turn off that computer at the end of the day and already be there with her family and not have to do the four-hour drive. That's an investment. It builds relationships. I hope that she can now see that I see her 
and that I value her time and I value what she brings to the team. And I will do what I can to help support her in this season. I don't know about you, but when you're able to do something nice for someone else, even if there's no gain for you, that's not the purpose. For me, it brings me so much joy. And I hope it did for you as well. So if you had a grade grade last week, what grade would you give yourself? Would you give yourself an A, a B, or a C? And remember, as always, this is your rubric. It's your grade. You get to decide. And you don't have to share it with anyone. We don't fail here. We don't fail at life. Some days may get a little bit harder than others, but we don't fail at life. So what grade do you have? Once you identify your grade, reflect a little bit. And if there's an area that might need a little bit more attention or adjustment, make those adjustments. Note those adjustments. And then set the week behind you. It's over. And we're pressing into this new week. So as you know, we are still in the book, The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People by Stephen Covey. This is the last week. This book, normally our books are, what, one month? Well, this one expanded now two months. But I have to say, and I've said it before, and I'll say it again, there's so much goodness in this book. That one month was not going to do it justice. And honestly, we could probably go on a little bit further, but we're going to end this week here with it. And I'm going to tell you the seven habit blew my mind. I didn't cheat and, and skim through the book and I didn't kind of peek ahead. I made sure that I really accepted each and every habit as it came. And this last habit to me is powerful. But it's so important. And I'm going to tell you, it's probably something that you've heard before. It's it's nothing profound or new. But it's an amazing reminder. Habit 7. Sharpen the saw. Principles of a balanced self-renewal. It's about looking at what in my industry, we call it the four pillars, which again, blew my mind. It's mental, physical, spiritual, and social. It's identifying those four areas and finding balance within them and seeking an opportunity to grow in each one of those, again, in pillars or areas so you can have a balanced life. At the beginning of the chapter of the habit number seven, it talks about sharpen the saw. That's what the main title is. And it goes on to tell this story about someone who is chopping wood and chopping wood and They're getting tired and they have so much work to do and they're putting so much energy and effort. And someone says, well, why don't you just take a few minutes and sharpen the saw? And the person responds by saying, I don't have time to sharpen the saw. I'm too busy cutting wood. Okay. I'm not one to be into power tools. But I realized if you're sharpening the saw, sharpening the blades, it's going to allow that saw to work at peak performance where you don't have to put as much physical energy behind the work that you're doing because the saw is going to be more effective and efficient. And the same holds true for us. 
if we focus on our mental, spiritual, social, and mental areas. We're sharpening ourselves so we could be more efficient and effective. Efficiency and effective. We don't have the time to not have the time. You know, they talk about the physical, and I get this way as well. You know how many times you sit on your couch, but you know you need to go work out, but you don't want to go work out because you're so comfortable sitting on the couch. <sighs> Sometimes we have to use that mental to find that momentum to push us forward. Because what we don't do today, which might only be a 30-minute walk outside, years from now, can turn into an ailment. So do we invest now and do we prepare and strengthen our bodies? Or do we wait and be reactive instead of proactive? When it comes to social, I love that it's not just about going out and being at a social event. It's really about synergy. It's about reaching out to people and having deeper conversations and seeking to understand them. Mental, it's about reading. And I love the way the author describes this. They say that when we're in school, we're constantly developing our minds and we're pushing ourselves to learn new things. But as soon as we're done with our educations, we tend to drop off. And we're no longer in this mode of creativity and learning and just education and development. We now turn into this survival mode because we're not challenging ourselves to learn more. The author also talks about in spiritual, he likes to read daily scriptures and I do the same. And I remember there was a specific season in my life where I decided I wanted to be a part of the daily audio Bible community. It's really cool. It's neat. If you can just look it up and every single day, uh, I believe his name is Daniel Bryan. He looks at Daniel for sure. He looks and reads through each scripture each day and you just listen in and in the end people can call in they can ask for prayer or or pray for other people but what I loved about it was in that few minutes of a listening to the scriptures I was developing and I remember so many times calling my husband and saying did you know this and we would have this amazing conversation about what I had learned and I think the same holds true in everything I've also learned to have a love of listening to, to the um, to Audible. And I listen to so many different books. And I can't help but share what I learned because I get so excited. Mental is just developing ourselves. Developing our minds. And if we focus in these four areas, and in different seasons of our lives different areas may need more attention but it keeps us balanced and what I love in this specific chapter it also talks about the upward spiral but what I really enjoyed about it it talks about how we need to find purpose specifically it says once we are self-aware we must choose purpose and principles to live by otherwise the vacuum will be filled and we will lose our self-awareness and become like growling animals who live primarily for survival. That's powerful. Purpose brings about passion. 
and we begin to live. So that leads me into this week's quote. If you have a strong purpose in life, you don't have to be pushed. Your passion will drive you there. By Roy Bennett. If you have a strong purpose in life, you don't have to be pushed. Your passion will drive you there. This week, take some time to reflect on what your purpose is. What is your purpose? What do you enjoy? You know, for me, for the longest time, I I guess I was in survival mode. I went, I got up, went to work, and then I'd get up from work and come home. And I would be this hamster on a hamster wheel. This is something my husband and I always talk about. Our goal is to never be the hamster on the hamster wheel. We don't want to just spin in circles. We want to propel forward. So what are you passionate about? What's your purpose? And a way to gauge what your purpose is, is if you find yourself having to push towards it, it may not be your purpose. Because your passion and your purpose will drive you there. Whatever it is, your passion for it will drive you there. And with that, have a wonderful week. Lean in. Dig deep. And try to find your purpose. Try to find what you're passionate about. Because you deserve it. Till next time. Can't wait to hear and to share how this week goes. Remember to upgrade yourself, your life, and your future. Be blessed.